the Minnesota Football Show, your regular dose of smart, socially aware, and occasionally snarky news and commentary about local, national, and international soccer. The Minnesota Football Show co-hosts are Bridget McDowell and Sheila Reed, produced and co-hosted by Rodrigo Sanchez Javeria and Eric Silva Renner. You can follow the Minnesota Football Show at Show on your social media platform of choice. Subscribe to and rate the Minnesota Football Show on iTunes. Welcome to another edition of the Minnesota Football Show. I am Rodrigo Sanchez Chavarria. I'm one of your lovely co-hosts. I am joined by my other co-hosts, my friends in chaos and football, Eric and Bridget. How are you guys doing today? Man, th- th- this guy had his coffee. <laughs> He's, he's got, well, you know what he, I did, and called, I want more. He called himself lovely, and he didn't call us lovely, though. <laughs> a good catch. Uh, you, you want me? You want me to do that, Bridget? I can totally no, do that. I can do that again. You're good. You know. I can do it without. Uh, <laughs> I'm doing good. How, how are you, Bridget? <laughs> it's kind of. It feels like a September morning. It's a little it's like fifty something degrees. Oh man, I love yeah. last night. I was just sitting outside. And a friend of mine, um, well, just gave me, he, he has a cabin that lives up, um, that's up in somewhere in Wisconsin and next to their, their, their cabin is a brewery. And so he bought me, brought me some beer and I was like having some of that. It's got Northern light. I think it's called. Yeah. Okay. That type of beer. And I was like, it's, it's nice. It's, it's good. And I was just outside and I love colder weather in the sense when it's been hot so long. So I was outside enjoying it so yeah it was a lovely night yeah too windy for bonfire but yeah it was enough, enough enough to be able to be like ah, yeah mm-hmm. i'm um, uh, just yeah, sitting please. here in the glare of the sunshine that keeps changing through the trees here i, I was actually gonna ask going Bridget, blind. before we get started uh we, we talked about last week maybe getting a recap of your of your trip to uh, to Rochester and being baking in the uh, the hot box <laughs> derby, baking in the hot box. Yeah, what? How was it? Uh, it was hot. Yeah, it was very hot. Um, we did we did manage to find some shade, uh, like in the shadow of the press box. Um, so it wasn't awful up there. <laughs> um, it was it was decently comfortable uh super fun game um which we can get to later but one oh win but like more than half the crowd was aurora um and i just got attendance numbers yesterday there were like 650 people there which is pretty good um for rochester but like more than half that's a good traveling amount yeah Yeah. more than half of them were aurora fans if you if you go to um mark's uh, equal time soccer's videos um he did some good crowd shots um yeah when we get to remind me about um remind me to talk about the mics that they had going on there because i don't know if you guys saw, oh. the, we saw the broadcast we saw the game but like there were some funny things that pe- the, the mic was catching that they should oh have i caught. bet i bet so, um yeah yeah no it was it was good it was hot uh Drove home. Well, Ashley and I went got uh, dinner before we each left, and drove back mostly in the in the dark with the windows down, and it was a little bit cooler. Uh, but they were getting all of that 
uh, Canada smoke was mm. like settling in down there. So, um, like in between all of the hills, like yeah, it's just like rolling farmland for much of that drive. Um, and a lot of smoke and pollen just like sitting. The air was the air was thick, um, and not just with the humidity. So yeah, uh, that was that was interesting. Um, we will I still. We will, I sound a little bit better today, but sounded yeah. like shit for a few days after that. We will refer to the Canadian wildfire leftover that's bringing into Minnesota. We'll refer to that in this episode as the Alfonso Davies <laughs> kickback. <laughs> And please remind me when we get to international news as to why I will refer to that because it's very, thick, very thick news. Well, that's a good segue for international that's now national. We can kind of connect the dots. Um, well, it, we have Champions League final to talk about, and normally, you know, we would yeah. lead with something like with that, but uh, yeah, we're just not excited. Um, but the tectonic plates in world football have shifted this week. Um, Everybody knows it's it's old news at this point, but we'll lead with the uh, the will he won't he drama back and forth. It is settled. Lionel Messi, the goat, is coming to MLS, Inter Miami. It's happening. Uh, turns down a one billion something dollar contract. Two billion. Two billion. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. To Saudi Arabia, um, and good on him. You know, we we we'd mentioned before in, in the in the on the program here that he has a house down there. He's established in Miami, and you know his family love it, his kids love it, and that apparently was he likes to shop at all the Walgreens in every corner store that there is in Miami. <laughs> That's right. Like, Everybody in Florida, like instead of taco trucks in every corner, there's like a Walgreens. There's still Walgreens on every corner. Every here. block, literally, it's like and like some of them are really cool because like they. They're owned by different types of people from different types of cultural backgrounds. So they'll sell like really interesting things, mm-hmm. but like, yeah, I, I, I don't know. He seems to just want to, want to hang out at Walgreens. So apparently, you know, all the Walgreens, I'm looking forward to all the Walgreens selfies and that, that will start just popping out everywhere. Yep. Uh, when he starts just hanging out, hanging out at, um, at, at Walgreens everywhere. Down there. Let, uh, let me get some some reactions from you two though. What 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 did you how did you feel when you got the uh, got the news? Either of you. I mean, it's not wasn't a huge surprise, right? Like we've we've heard plenty about this for a long time. Um, I think it'll be it's going to be interesting in terms of how the rest of the league handles it, right? Um, uh, there's been a lot of a lot of jokes about like. But can he do it on a turf field in Birmingham, like open cup games and stuff? And and you know, like there's no way that they're they're not gonna run him out for on turf for an yeah. open cup game in Birmingham or Negative anywhere 10, else. And Allianz March. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so like I, I feel like it's gonna be a little bit like um when Zlatan came and was like, yeah, I don't play on turf unless it's like for a, a trophy, mm-hmm. um, like the final for a trophy. Um, so how often we'll actually see him and, and like what match situations we may see him in uh, is kind of a question for me at this point. Um, and obviously like, 
how's the rest of the league going to handle it? I mean, the Miami's already like their followers on Instagram and Twitter have exploded to like yes, seven point millions. something million. I saw. Yeah. They, yeah. They said they said in a week or two it could be like up to like fifteen million. Yeah, that sounds about right. Like they hit a million like the day before or something, and um, and then you know you've got the rest of these clubs that are like, okay, cool, like let's let's play a game. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also uh, one of the the best clips I've seen so far. He shows up at training yesterday, and Houston's uh, second team, the the kids, are out training. Because uh, they were playing there this weekend, mm-hmm. and he walks across the pitch as these Houston kids are like training, and they all grab their phones and go running up and like, of course, like they're Wait, the, like that all... was actually like recent. I thought that was like from previous. Wow, that's crazy. Was it? I I thought it was. I don't from... know. Like I, he, there's so many videos of him being in Miami when like. That's. Uh, I mean, yeah. They're, they're, and he and he and he's bad, just giving signatures. But I, I mean, I wouldn't but doubt like, it. I mean, I mean, I mean, yeah. If it if it wasn't this weekend that that happened, like we're gonna see a lot of that. Like as yep. soon as he as soon as he shows up on on the grounds, um, yeah. plenty of other. You know, it's it's not all like Joseph Martinez is like running around on, on that in that complex, right? Like there's well, a bunch of younger guys who I mean, you know, have obviously like looked up to him forever. If, and, if anything, you know, I mean, as we just heard recently um, through the lawyer network that we know, uh, <laughs> you know, his visa was approved. So I wouldn't put it past him. He was actually already in Miami just hanging out, you know, um, um, inking a new uh, Mate sponsored uh, Messi that will be displayed and sold only on Walgreens. Oh, uh, <laughs> that's that that's actually a really good segue to kind of bounce off of because like his package is is well let me rephrase i don't want that to come out the wrong way his uh <laughs> what, too late what he's yeah i know i know the, the way he is going to be compensated is 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 kind of incredible like there's the salary portion and i can't even remember what it is bridget i don't know if you know off the top of your head um i know it's obviously not two billion but he gets when he decides he's t- fully done and retired he gets to go straight into an ownership situation with Miami. Uh, he gets an exclusive deal with Adidas and uh, who else is in there as well? There's another one. Um, I'm sure like, I don't, I don't know who else is. There. I think it's Adidas, uh, Adidas, however you say it. And, and, and God, it's, it's, it's on the tip of my tongue right now. And I'm, it's just escaping me. Oh, Apple. Apple's in on it too. So, so he's jumping in with like all these humongous corporations. So like, there's just constant, connections and uh and and finances and money that are going to be flowing in and out of of basically his presence uh, besides the actual salary part yeah i mean it's 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 a league deal not a club deal right mm-hmm. like they were they were part of the negotiating party like yep. um to bring him in so it's it's not like uh in that sense a lot of things have changed right since beckham or zlatan even um, just recently came into the league um, where it it is like a league deal and um, the league wanted them uh, for, you know, Garber's own reasons, I'm sure, and, and the league's own reasons. Um, 
which those reasons would be money, obviously. Yep. But and eyes. Uh, um, so it's it'll be it's interesting to kind of see that that corporate side of it kick in, right? Yeah, we, we know it's there, right? But this is like on a on a you know magnified level that we see this. Yep. So. Yep. So Messi's currently in Arge in in China or where is it like in Beijing, yeah, uh, with mm. uh, with the Argentina team. So, mm. but oh, regardless, yeah. but regardless, um, I I think you know like um, the Saudis were going to offer one point three billion dollars, right? Like to be able to play in that league, whoever it was, right? Uh, whoever team it, he was, he was. Um, Supposed to order it, and then like, you know, um, it is quietly understood that if he was going to finish playing in Europe or that area of the world, he wanted to do with Barcelona, and Barcelona, with all the financial litigations yeah, and crap, you know, like there was no way <clears throat> that they were going to be able to do that, right? And, and then they the issue the a statement. Yes, now oh, you yes. beat me. And then oh, the club the most... president had to throw shade. What? And that was a just piece most, of most of the pittiness I've ever seen come out of a statement. And I was just, like, just wow, total asshole. Like, what a dick move. Right. Like, like. Well, we were trying to get him and offer him some money, and then he turned his back on us and went to a business-minded club. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, some, something about a, I mean, a, a I less, mean, it's a like less five, stressful league or something it, yeah, like that. It's like five paragraphs long, but that's the same. Yeah, just, oh, just but so petty. So but it's petty. so petty not only towards Messi, but also to MLS. Right? Oh, yeah. Well, it makes yeah. Barcelona look terrible, too. It's like, yeah. this is your like, yeah. top guy, yeah. basically. So, total so I'm going to read like, it, and then we Literally can just... the club's greatest legend. Yeah, we, I'm going to read it, and then we can just quickly... <laughs> no, we don't have to read it. No, it's just five seconds. Look, Barcelona president... Laporta understood and respected Messi's decision to want to compete in a league with fewer demands. There you go. Fewer demands. I think that's the thing. Fewer demands further away from the spotlight and the pressures has been subject to in recent years. So literally, Barcelona is calling MLS the retirement league, which it's a whole argument in itself that it's not, um, but and also calling Messi old uh, and pretty much washed up. Even though this man just literally pushed his whole, you know, national team to win a World Cup. So. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but obviously, obviously, the next, that part. obviously, yeah. the next phase is a, playing with a walker in MLS, right? So like, <laughs> um, man. yeah. I mean, yeah, how many how many holes that. in that guy's feet from just shooting himself in the feet from like, yeah. That, where would that club be without Messi? And you're gonna like just they, here's like, here's a bus. Underneath yeah, they, you go. They wouldn't have. They wouldn't <laughs> have had the opportunities to do all this shady, like financial stuff that they've done in the last few years, if not for his history with that club. Also, um, I, I mean, I know a lot of people who don't follow soccer closely who know about soccer mainly because they've heard the names Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, and obviously if there, if you got to pick two guys, if you have to pick one of the two, it's going to be messy who you, who you want to come to MLS, um, for many reasons. Um, so there's a lot of people getting excited about MLS who I think haven't, uh, paid any attention the last, uh, you know, yeah. two, what, 25 I mean, years. Um, and, and that's going to be good for the league and it's good. 
it'll be good for um it it helps the global market as well right because you know well where did this guy come from barcelona sure let's like let's let's go check out barcelona and you know see what he's done for our, for these other clubs throughout europe and 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 internationally as well um it's it's good for the game it's good for the league it i do have some concerns about you know the the corporate aspect of it right like where is this just the beginning like how many players is the league like courting in this way um, yeah yeah we, we've heard rumors uh, negotiating now negotiating with right yeah uh it started with again these this is all rumors and speculation now just to be clear but it's Di Maria is a free agent right now and it's, it sounds like he wants to get back with his homie um Suarez is in Gremio in Brazil and seems happy but he's also like we made a pact in Barcelona that we're gonna retire together and then apparently Neymar was in on this pact as well so I mean we, we, we all have different different opinions and listeners I'm sure you do too on a lot of those names I just mentioned but nonetheless these are these are like demigod level players along with the god and if, if they all come to MLS that's those, those are enormous and powerful right. powerful names regardless of where they are career-wise like at the end you know this is a show this is a business right it's entertainment in a sense right besides just mm-hmm. being a sport and i think you know like my personal opinion is like we've we, we've seen this before david beckham did it right yeah yeah i actually david love beckham this take. Did it. you know he 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 did it the reason he came is like literally every mls team said here take our lunch money yeah. right mm-hmm. for the next 25 million years and yep. here we'll give you and, we'll give you a team Rooney. Like, yeah, yeah, so it's like, um, it's like, yeah, I mean, I can go into this whole argument as to whether the MLS is now a retirement league, which is not. Um, um, but overall, like, I just, you know, I it's, mean, it's I, just, I think, I think this does help show that they're not because yeah. you know, Messi's not going to come here just to like kick a ball around a little no, bit. No, right? no, Like, he, he wants to win and yeah, he's, yeah. he's not going to, he's not going to put in minutes somewhere where like he's not fully invested and i'm not saying that beckham didn't want to win it was just a slightly different environment then i mean that was right what, and, then, and then yeah, um yeah. so like it, it it was a different challenge for him yep this is going to be a different challenge for Messi, but he still wants to win he's not he's not here to retire like not at all um I, that's that's not how Messi is the Beckham analogy, I think, is interesting, and and I love this take that says the real winner of this whole situation is Beckham. He joins oh, totally. in 07, re- yeah. retires in 2014 to with a franchise option to start a club, exercises it for Miami. 2020, they play their first game. 2023, he gets messy. Team is cl- currently worth $600 million and is adding $100 million, like, weekly after, in like, terms of its work. A week after firing their coach, and they're, like, struggling. But, oh, they're terrible like, right now. <laughs> like, yeah, let's. let's but let's but amidst amidst all of that, you've kept messy. So whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, like Beckham. So is that's just that's kind of yeah. That's that's kind of where I'm concerned. Like yeah. we're well, just okay. Well, obviously this is you know a money grab. They're not like yeah. I mean, but um, no, I think that's yeah. That's a very good point. Like it. Look. 
If Debbie Beckham was cryptocurrency, I'd be all in right now. That's what I'm saying. Did you, um, Buddy. Eric's not on Twitter. Uh, Animal, the yeah. Fox, uh, the video from Fox News, because you no. know, obviously, Fox News has to have a take on everything. Oh, um, no. And I'm not sure who the guy was. And it wasn't Lala's. No, I'm I'm talking like I'm talking like the. Fox, not, oh, not Fox, Fox News. Oh, okay. All Fox right, News. Yeah. Fox, Fox News. Oh, okay. Um, uh, so some, I don't know his name. I didn't bother to look up his name. It doesn't old, really matter. Old white dude on Fox yeah. says, Messi's coming, but I want to see him sit down and talk to somebody. Like, Beckham learned English for us. Messi won't learn English. <laughs> uh, uh. Eric's like, head is now pounding. I know you just killed like brain cells. Um, yeah, so Beckham ever, learned you, how to speak English with yeah. an accent, but he learned wow. how to speak English for no. us when he came to MLS. And Messi will not do that. And and Messi doesn't have to because he's Messi. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> so so yeah, the that clip was just eviscerated on Twitter, right? Because it. point one, Beckham spoke english and of course he had an accent point two why the f would Messi bother learning english look at all of these other players it, look at the coaches we've had in mls who did not learn to speak english and <laughs> because they didn't have to plenty of other people speak their their language it's fine everyone uh, functions yeah, just fine there's, there's so um, many scenarios and eventually you know i think i will dive into a special piece about just talking about all this stuff and just putting it together, yeah. but it's fun times in the MLS. That's all I gotta say. That's, I was yeah. gonna, yeah. I was gonna just add with, uh, with within. So this happened on Tuesday with the the announcement, and by Thursday, uh, for next season, all Inter Miami tickets have been sold out with a resale ranging between eight hundred to three thousand five hundred dollars. Oh yeah, all the tickets in Chicago. Chicago Fire yeah. they all sold out too. So like. uh, Nate Nate bought a ticket for like forty bucks on Tuesday night, and by Wednesday morning they were like three fifty four hundred dollars, and that and that was like that wasn't aftermarket. Like so, you know the resale is right. insane. Just a few weeks ago, games someone posted it was like general admission was like four bucks a piece. <laughs> Because they suck right now. <laughs> yeah, like they're like right after they fire, what's his face? It's like um, yeah, yeah, maybe. four dollars a yeah, four dollars a ticket. Like wow. unbelievable. <laughs> and that's like cheaper like than Minneapolis City, right? I mean, like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, exactly. That's cheaper than the Rochester uh, Rochester FC. The hot games. box. That was five uh, bucks a ticket. Um, yeah. Dang. <laughs> um, well, into Miami. Just, I saw. I saw it was it's cheaper to get a ticket to the NBA finals right now yep. than it is mm-hmm. to see Messi play against Anyone. name any bottom yeah. ranked MLS club. And that's here. the funniest thing too, because like you know, he's not guaranteed to do anything yeah, until he's, July. <laughs> he might not even like yeah, he's not even gonna be in the eighteen. He's probably not even gonna be in the owner's box. He's gonna be out um, you know, in a club with Beckham as they mm-hmm. play. So, no, like, no, no, no. If there's every opportunity for a photo op, it has to be David Beckham and Lionel Messi at a freaking Walgreens. 
That's what it has to be. <laughs> They'll be stocking with Walgreens. Yeah, They'll be stocking. That's right. I don't care what they're doing. Walgreens, <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't care what they're doing, but it's just overall just I, I want that. And Cunaguero, because that's where he lives too. Yep. Yeah. And that's one yep. of the reasons that he moved, he, he decided to come to Miami. It's his best literally his best friend lives here. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's like, what more do you want? I mean, like, people know who he is. I don't think he's ever gonna fade away from that, but over here, people are not like I mean, no. well, at least in at least in Florida, you've got the the Fox News people who don't know anybody who doesn't speak English. So hey. um, he'll be he'll be relatively he'll be. I he'll mean, be perfect in Florida, right? I mean, it's going to be like the last time he was here when the Walgreens photos first came out. You know, of course, there's going to be a few people, but it's not like he's going to be like swarmed like he right. is. I can't wait um, for like people. People won't be waiting outside of his mom's house or like catching up with his dog walker like, right. uh, like or just in, you know Argentina he tries to eat it at a restaurant and he needs to have the national yep. guard out there, right? The, I think that's, yeah. that the quality of life is different. I think that's what he wants yep. and that's fine with him. Yeah, and that's just like we heard from from Beckham and from Wayne Rooney as well. I mean they're they're massive names, but it was still different here for them uh than it was back home. Um Cool. Yeah. Well, that's a good place to take a pause. I know we'll say more eventually, and I'm, I'm sure we will. Um, this this thing is going to keep snowballing and keep moving. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, we've got a few shows before he even gets onto the field, right? Right. So. Right. <laughs> right on. Big stuff. Um. All right. Well, let's let's continue with MLS stuff. I I did not watch this match, and I'm super glad I didn't. Uh. But I will throw to uh to you two, Bridget and Rodrigo, if you want to say anything. Maybe you don't about uh. Minnesota United going to Montreal and just getting punched square in the face. Welcome uh, back, Mason Toy. That's yeah, right. exactly. That's exactly. It. That's all I got. Four That's nil good. is your final score. Mason Toy gets a brace uh, on his first big comeback. Yeah. This tradition yep. of of former loons dunking on current loons. I mean, it it never ends, and I don't the even know what to hasn't, do with it. The kid hasn't played since April first. He yeah, hasn't he, scored since. Uh, well, like a year ago, middle of last season like, yeah. yeah it was probably about a year ago the shoulder injury um can we talk about the first goal because the first goal was just amazing heads up speed and domination and just like plowing through the entire defense and nobody picks him up gets it off the bounce and it's just like wow like for him it, it's just he, he he looked incredible but he made minnesota look ridiculous like that's yeah. what he's supposed to do i mean we've seen him exactly. do that to other 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 teammates i, I want to <laughs> say one thing is like mason toy has always been a talented soccer player who enjoys playing the mm-hmm. game exactly and loves playing the game and he's so easy to cheer for yeah like you know you won't see him getting into a fist fight or you know or like no. drawing a, a yellow for you know he's like one of the young kids that you do cheer for and he, like he he did once he did get a red once yeah but he was yeah for spitting yeah but his uh yeah his you know his attitude after that one was like it was like a five-year-old who who had been put into the corner and like you're right yeah he's 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 not gonna do that stuff again and and he hasn't since then um he yeah he's he loves playing and and um you you can see it every single touch on the ball yeah and i think you know it's just for us, it's just that he was quick to a ball. And, you know, as much as I I love DJ Taylor, DJ Taylor got played. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, you know, 
Dane came out as much as he could and tried to block the angle, and he just chipped it over him. And very classy of Mason Toy to not do his maraca celebration in the corner. Yes, after scoring, he was very. It was very classic. Just hands up and just kind of walk to the corner and then walk by. Yep. And didn't want to make a big deal out of it. And when but... and when he had to go walk by the bench for the restart, he hands up again. Like, um, I wish he had celebrated on the second goal. He should. Yeah, have. yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, at that point, like the first one, I get like, but um, on the second one, I would have been. Yeah, because that's still in. one of my favorite celebrations in the MLS yeah. is the maracas in yeah. the corner. Yeah, I just... yeah. But he, he did say after the game, like, he has a lot of respect uh, for Minnesota United, um, for both the club and the fan base, and he didn't feel that it was appropriate to to celebrate. Um, the club treated him well. Uh, I mean, they they didn't ship him off. He asked he asked to be yeah. traded um, to get more minutes because he just, the kid wanted to right. play. Right, and we got, um, like, $700,000 in, yeah, yeah. in Garber bucks to be so able it, to put that to somewhere It wasn't... Else. Uh, it wasn't uh, like a Miller situation where you just let him sit and <laughs> oh, man. sit and Poor decrease Miller in right value now. and and morale. Mm-hmm. Um, right now. But uh, classy dude. Yeah. So the kids, the kids got respect for uh, for Heath. Uh, he nearly slide tackles Heath on the sideline. Not long after that first goal, <laughs> um, narrowly avoided it. Uh, and he's just kind of like stood their hands up watching him come in like what um he thrown the water bottle after the second goal ah his feelings known um but yeah like it it wasn't just mason toy a couple guys getting there getting yep. their first goals of the season um on a side that just uh i mean yeah t- nobody looked good last night including taylor but like kids getting thrown into situations that should not be yeah like no. these things need to be fixed it, it's not it's not all on it's not all, all on these I, defenders right i i think overall like you know everyone looked flat everyone looked tired people will talk about the fact that you know it's a long trip and there's an accommodation that you need to make for that sure i get that all right um i understand that but overall this 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 game could have been a shorthanded text message. Literally, that's, that's what it could have been. <laughs> yep. That's literally what that could have been. That's yep. that's what it was. Maybe I mean, maybe yeah. punctuated by Boxy's stiff arm. Yeah. At the end of the game. Which should that have been a second yellow and a red card? Probably. But also, is that just how Boxy plays and the boards happen to be there and it was kind of an unfortunate situation? Yeah. Also that. Yeah. <laughs> um, guys, can you elaborate on this? I, I, I didn't. I didn't know what you're talking he about. He just yeah. absolutely smoked. Ah, who was it? Um, I forget the when one of the attackers comes running into the box, and he's like just at the edge of the 18 uh, on the end line, <laughs> and Oxy, I think, like pushes him off the ball, but then gives him after he's off of the ball, gives him like the stiff arm. And mm. shoves him like full shoulder drop stiff arm. Shoves him. He goes tumbling into the ad boards. Oh, he uh, went over the boards. No, not over, but into the boards. In, okay. And it like the first uh, the first angle. I was like, oh come on, like get up, you're fine. Like it's not his fault that the boards were there when he shoved you. <laughs> um, but yeah, the second angle, like when when you see it from like from the corner flag. 
I think it was mm-hmm. very obvious that like Boxy was just like, you know what, <laughs> screw this, and he, yeah. and he went for it. Um, and he he just zealand aggression. He, yeah, he just walked away afterwards. Yeah. Um, so it probably should have been a second yellow. Uh, it was also like the 89th minute or something. So whatever. Yeah, um, yeah the guys, the guys, fine. <laughs> um, yeah, it was. But, it was a game. But that's. Yeah, and and I mean that that really just highlights what kind of game it was, right? When when Boxy is losing his cool, and, and his first yellow was uh, I think dissent um, with the ref uh, trying to talk to him about about another foul earlier, um, and that's what we're gonna keep seeing, right? Yeah. Like everyone's just getting frustrated. They're did, they're just did getting get a yellow smoked. Too? Heath got a yellow in the second half. Yeah, yeah. Well, to your point about fixing things, I wanted to jump here really quick if, if, if you guys are kind of wrapped on the actual match, just because we, we learned that Amaria is being uh, traded to Mazatlan that came in officially like yesterday as well. And, and then, yep. Um, <laughs> and then like I saw the, com- I just looked through the comments on Instagram and the, the, the theory here, the speculation is that uh, Timo Puki might be coming. Uh, so you'll have, well, assuming that, Lud, whenever he's recovered, you'll have the dual fin uh, power, as it were. But the three of us, we've been here before. We 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 we've seen this movie where uh, strikers come in, strikers come out. Everybody puts faith in the new attacker, and nothing happens. And I'm not saying that it won't necessarily it, that it might be different. I mean, Puki does have a, a decent track record and has scored tons of goals. Um, but I mean, I. I, I me personally, I'm so jaded that I'm just like, uh, I don't know what to do well, with this. Like, he's not the savior. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, there's there's roots here that nobody's pulling. We're we're pulling leaves. <laughs> to use that's that metaphor. Exactly. I mean, I mean, a striker's not gonna fix it. Uh, one could argue that putting Messi up front <laughs> is not yeah. going to fix it. Um, service is the issue, um, and clearly, Reynoso can't fix it either. Um, he came in uh, shortly after the half. I don't think it was at halftime. I think it was a little bit later. Um, but Heath afterwards said that the plan was to put him in, you know, give him like 20, 30 minutes. But he realized after that first half um, that Garcia needed to come out. Um, and so he gave Ray a full half. Ray provided some of the best chances of the night, but he's coming in fresh. Right. Um, but even that can't fix these problems. You're still bleeding goals. Yeah. Uh, and like we've been saying this for weeks, like adding Reynoso again isn't going to fix this. Um, getting a new striker isn't going to fix it. Obviously, if the first 20 strikers have not fixed it, <laughs> like, oh. one more isn't going to do it. Pookie's not Pookie's not a striker. He's a he's a midfielder. Um, I think he would be a depth piece. Getting rid of Amaria opens up the international slot and the DP slot, um, which would give you the ability to bring him in. I think he'd be a good addition, personally. I, I like him. I liked uh, watching the Finland games. Um, he was he was the main guy. Right? Mm-hmm. He's, he's kind of the not quite, not the same. He's not a one-for-one one with Reynoso, different qualities. But he is that kind of player for Finland. Um, And obviously international is a little bit different than club, but I think he's uh, one of those veteran depth pieces that you can bring in. He's 32, 33. He's my age. 
um, he's, um, you know, he's not the the young spry guy who's going to go sprinting around uh, midfield and, you know, reclaim the game. But um, I think he'd be a good depth piece, whether that happens or not. Who knows? Supposedly, they're looking at a few others as well, as one would hope. Um, but it's the problem here, I think, is... Um, highlighted by the top quote from Peeth following the game, which was, we played well between the goals that we conceded. I think that's just the most... I'm just going to leave it. (laughs) (laughs) That's like, I think think someone tweeted that. No, someone responded to a tweet I made, and they were like, that's like like England England thinking the Titanic. (laughs) <laughs> for sinking is like that's one of one of the first it was jeremy rushing who was on the press call and, and tweeted that out and no fewer than three people said and other than that how was the play mrs lincoln <laughs> like um it's just yeah i mean Which we've is- as people have pointed out to his credit, Heath has advanced from the throwing the players under the bus tactic that we saw in his first five, six years of coaching. Um, but uh, to think that that was all, Eric's taking notes, to think that that was all, <laughs> um, you know, was a solid play uh, for the Loons, aside from conceding these goals. I mean, yeah, they're, yeah, toy. Toys two goals were not so fantastic that you think, well, yeah, those happen. Um, those were heads up plays, and obviously credit to Toy, but that does not mean um, that this game was even remotely decent. In between goals, uh, they had what fourteen shots, and not one of them was on target. So I mean, how do you define playing well? I guess this is a uh, nagging question. Yeah, I just oh, I, I love this so much. Let me make sure I got it. We we played well between the goals we conceded, right? Yep. Oh, just a that's, gem. It, I mean, I think I that's it, the that sums up mostly just not this game, but just a lot of the that's uh, six years. Like, six season. years. Yeah. <laughs> the season's been like we played years. well when we when we could. <laughs> But that doesn't mean that we didn't, you know, you know, it's not like you're saying we deserve to win. Like this is a game where like literally everyone played bad. And, mm-hmm. and I think the main issue in this in this team is like there's lack of midfield. Like Dotson is not yet, you know, Dotson is, is still recovering in a sense or, or getting used to things because he still has a good game and then he has a horrible game. All right. Yep. Um, Will Trap had some horrible passes, right? Some good defensive things. Got beat on one of those goals uh, uh, going to the header. I mean, DJ Taylor, my gosh, had a horrible game. Like, a couple of giveaways that could have been, you know, 8 nothing, right? That oh, we yeah. got lucky that Boxy stepped in. Uh, I mean, you know, you know, it's just, just one of those where, like, nobody. I, I feel bad for Manley Garcia because all of a sudden he's just thrown into the starting lineup. Like, yeah. How are you going to build confidence in a player who hasn't scored in 400 the, minutes by just throwing yeah. him right into the starting lineup with no and as, real and support? And as the nine, like, he, he's been doing well as, you know, when he's tossed in as more of a winger. Um, I mean, and, and yeah, they kind of had to throw it together. Uh, Sangbin uh, felt a, 
hamstring tweak on training on Friday and didn't travel at the last minute. Um, but like for a team that's been rotating uh, strikers and um, and wingers, you know, so, for so long, like you should have an answer to this, right? Mm. Um, yeah, I just amazing. And even I mean, Dane did not have a good game. Obviously, four conceded, but but at the same time, he was forced to make a lot of those stops where he just comes right. out of his box and rushes on. Uh, both of those toy goals he had to just come flying out and like slide in and we've talked about it before one of these days those plays are going to bite him and it bit him on three of last night's four goals um but they were also plays that he had to make and why did he have to make those plays because of 10 other guys defensive failure yeah yeah for sure all right, let's jump to uh, Open Cup really quick. We'll just go through this a little faster here. Uh, semifinals are done. Cincinnati and Pittsburgh Riverhounds played. It's a three-one win for Cincinnati. Uh, R.I.P. Riverhounds. We knew you. We knew you well. It was it was an amazing run. Um, super proud of them. I'm sure uh, everybody going for the underdogs. I hate to see them go. Uh, Chicago also hosted Houston, and Houston smoked them four to one. So our uh, our final is set here. No, semifinal, I'm sorry. Uh, that was the quarter, wasn't it? I'm all screwed up here. Yeah, quarterfinal. We have a full MLS semifinal. That's where we're at. So we got FC Cincinnati versus Inter-Miami, Houston Dynamo versus Real Salt Lake. As poorly as Inter-Miami are doing in uh, league play, here they are, Bridget, in the, uh, in the semifinal of the tournament. <laughs> Pretty wild. Considering everything we just said regarding Messi and, and this team kind of like falling apart. Uh, no, any comments sleeper, on? Yeah, go ahead. Sleeper pick for the winner, Houston, because they're on a hot streak right now yeah. and they got players back and they're just they're looking real well. And if they have to play at home for one of these, like if they make it and they have to play at home, I right now, um, who's their coach? Ben, former. Um, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Ben Olson, yeah, yeah. He's their coach, so Ben's always been proven to be able to get something out of their players, and I think at this point he's got them firing, in, firing in the right kind of way. So that's that could be, you know. Yeah, maybe. we didn't mention it. They they dominated LAFC yesterday too. I think. It was yeah, like, was I mean, we'll get it. Yeah, one, I mean, Quinones's goal was just beautiful. Like he just took a touch and then boom. So mm-hmm. if anything, that's that's what I would do. You know. Cincinnati is another strong, strong, uh, a strong contender. I mean, they just, you know, you know, ask NYCFC fans how they feel about Cincinnati. So, you know. <laughs> and then that, that'll that'll tell you what um what, what Cincinnati has been like this year. So, Let's I mean, jump in, to, oh, go ahead, in, please. in terms of Miami in the Open Cup, I mean, it's you know, playing Open Cup games is a little bit different than the than MLS season play mm-hmm. um they've yeah they've done well and I, I think it's partly because they you know make some of those changes um maybe rest some guys maybe uh try some things that they wouldn't you know if they're facing <clears throat> if they're facing um a conference opponent in league play yeah. um so it's it's not exactly you know transferable I guess to um to the MLS season, but 
uh, yeah, it does at least show that they have they have those pieces um, despite all of the issues, as we've mentioned. Well said. There was a, I put a, a couple clips on Instagram. I think it was actually Inner Miami of, oh, unbelievable heads up play with the ball going out of bounds and dude like crescent kicks the ball to keep it in play and and then controls it and and is able to flip it back in just waiting for uh one of his his players to come in and one time it off the volley it was beautiful like what a gorgeous play like you don't you don't see that very often so had uh i think i'm gonna give miami credit for that one i'm pretty sure it was them but man what a beautiful save um all right Let's jump to some Minnesota Aurora to kind of finish this section off. They keep cruising, pedal to the metal. It was six to one against the uh, Dutch Lions. Um, I, I have now lost track of where they are in terms of goals for Bridget Rodrigo. Maybe you know it's got to be getting close to 30. twenty-five. That's, yeah, yeah like plus twenty-five. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. Um, so today they play in Chicago. Wednesday they play at Great. Green, green, Great Bay, Green Bay, um, <laughs> and then next Saturday they're home. Go ahead. Both of those games are at home Wednesday and Saturday. Oh, the Green Bay ones at home. Never mind. Thank you. Yeah, so you should um, you should come to the Green Bay game. That might be possible, actually. Yeah, Green Bay game is great. That should be fun because I think that's who we played first last year, right? Tied one one. You know. Yep. Yep. It's also you know that six one was. Um, was a good thing, but also like a sad thing because we no longer had a clean sheet. But that, but that free kick by um, I forget who it was. That was beautiful. The one goal that Stone. Oh, there's another Stone on their team. Oh, sorry. Which Chicago? Chicago's oh, uh, only goal no, was a free kick, and that was beautiful. And I was like, wow. Well, we yeah. should mention too that I don't remember if it was was it wins first or second, but it made Sports Center. Uh, so you got yeah. some nationally yeah, that was recognized <laughs> respect in number six. top ten, number six, exactly. Yeah, yeah that's. Awesome. I mean, that's the second time. That's the second time this team has made Sports Center. I think it was mm-hmm. a Morgan Stone um, banger last year that made it. Just but. what a sick angle and Meg's the keeper. Just like okay, it's like it's like <laughs> playing horse, right? And you call your shot. Uh, it's like I'm gonna make the keeper hit the back post and it goes in. Yeah. Boom. Right. Wow. And that was okay. from basically yeah. facing the goal. Like he was facing so like no angle whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Like the, the ball was on the, on the paint, on the end line. Um, Unbelievable. And that, I mean, <laughs> consider that that was a performance that Nicole Lukic was not pleased with. <laughs> um, partly, partly because of, partly because of all that dribbling, like everyone's just holding the ball and playing around in the, in mm-hmm. the, in the final third um yeah it you know <laughs> to, to, to come away with uh the one oh so the one oh win uh at rochester and that was probably their best game of the arguably the best game of the season despite being hmm. um a one oh scoreline um and then you go into a home game where you win six one uh, with goals God like that. Damn it, ladies! <laughs> well, shoot. I mean, she's like, things just aren't clicking the way that they should. Like they're yeah. not. They're not communicating the way that they should be. Like, first touches should have been better. The finishing touch should have been better. Mm-hmm. Um, all things that all things that yeah. they've been 
yeah, distribution, all things that they've been working on in training that just mm-hmm. weren't coming off in the match. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they won six one, but that was against uh, that was against Chicago Dutch Lions. Is that going to work against uh, Bavarians, Green Bay, Toronto? Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, I think it's representative or, uh, of, Oakland, the, of the Oakland of the of the expectations. Right? That's that's impressive. That's yeah. wow. Yeah, she's. I mean, she's not about results. She's about improvement, and that's. Yeah. Um, she wants results. She like she won't talk about anything in terms of like the future until they make it to playoffs. Um, and you know she's she's still concerned about that. She's not comfortable with the you know twenty five goals for one conceded. Um, I mean, there's there's teams right right behind them, uh, including Chicago City. Like they're they have one draw but are undefeated um, and have also not quite, not 25 goals. I think they're at like 14 or 15, um, but still uh, yeah, pretty similar game. side today. Today's game should be probably the most, um, the most even in terms of uh, attacking talent uh, and just, uh, I think formation and, and um well, I won't say the level of talent, but uh, experience on the pitch. Um, over, <laughs> it it is really interesting to see like how some of these other teams feel about playing this club, right? Like mm-hmm. I talked to two players in, in Rochester who were like, "Yeah, like this. These are the games that make us better." And like they scored four on us uh, in week one, and today they only scored one. Like we're learning. We're, we've got this. This is awesome. Um, I overheard uh, while we were waiting for Nicole um, to to do press um, on Wednesday. Uh, the other players are walking by us, and I heard one of them say, "Guys, that was the first goal they've conceded all season. We did it! Like, <laughs> this, is a team, this is a team that just lost six one, but they're like, we did it! We got the these one are, goal. Yeah, these are amazing right. positive mindsets. I mean, yeah, like, like there's there's just a totally different like standard and mindset between like, yeah. you know, your top one and two teams, Aurora and City, and then all of these other teams who are like, they're learning how to compete against teams like right. this. Um, so yeah. it is like it is a different game for Aurora in, than in it is for a lot of these teams. Um, but like, it's. Uh, I think that's. Uh, it really shows like what W League can do. Yeah. I think, and it's made like the last couple of weeks has made me a lot more hyped on like just the league in general because you see these, these kids, um, like one of the girls I talked to in Rochester is like, eighteen year old, like, she's going to be a high school senior this year, and she's like, yeah, we, we beat this team that's full of like you know. Vienna Banky was out there and like she's played in Iceland for five years, like pro. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, yeah, like we're we're improving. This is part of the experience. It's summer league. We're just like trying to get better. Um, it's like summer camp times like a thousand, right? Like yeah. Um, I think that's that's what I really love about this year too. There's more more focus on the development aspect of mm-hmm. it. 
than that it was like you know first year was like let's just get through the motions and figure out how this is going to yeah, work yeah everyone's out, just right? trying to figure out like what this thing's going to be how, yeah. yeah and now like there was like okay we can plan about development we can plan on on what our goals are going to be per game in a sense of like and then how to celebrate small victories which is awesome to yeah. celebrate small victories and all of you know for so many teams that are like new coming into this like they they knew what they were getting into like um you know people people trash the roar a little bit for for that 10-0 win right like you need to lay off or like you know maybe there should be a mercy rule but like racing knew like they they volunteered to play w league they knew what they were getting into and i think that's part of part of the experience right like Aurora is learning things from their 10-0 wins. Racine learned a lot from their 10-0 loss. Like it's, um, yeah, they might be, you know, playing a different a different long game, but like, you know, short term, it's it's just, you know, figuring out how the game is played and 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 how to fit yourself into that. Um, so yeah, this this season I think is a lot more fun in that aspect because it is so much more of like this team's got the hype and this one doesn't who are these people like um a lot more even uh in that sense so let me ask you should be fun moving forward this this is uh i don't know what this is it's more of a speculative question but i'm but i'm just kind of curious with with these scores and just knowing the 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 gap uh in terms of you know uh like you were mentioning the top two teams versus everybody else. I mean, do you think, do you think this pushes a lot of the, uh, the ownership uh, a little bit more in terms of trying to go for that NWSL bump or I guess I'm I wondering mean, how, how much longer you stay um, in a league like right. this. That you just... Well, they, the, the talk about going pro is about adding like a pro team. Like they're, they're going to keep this level. I see. Like, so, so, so if okay. if they had if Aurora had managed to do what they needed to do to be a contender for an NWSL team, they would have had NWSL plus this W League team. They're still they're still maintaining that development squad, no matter what. It's kind of a city um, model, but but it would actually be like right. I don't but know, then, kind of a blend almost. Okay. Well, so even like um, even Nicole pointed out in preseason, I mean, you have these other teams in other divisions like San Francisco Glens who are also putting up those like 7-0, wins. Right. Um, so just because you're doing like really well, like in your region doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to do really well. And I think like we've talked about with City, um, you know, City has a really good squad that would be winning game after game if they were still playing NPSL. Mm-hmm. But instead they're playing USL2. Um, Mm -hmm. and there's a little bit more of a talent gap there. Uh, so I, I think it's, it's kind of the same thing. Like, yeah, you might be winning 10-0 in this league, but should, were it to be that they would just, which is not, this is just hypothetical. It's not going to happen. Would they take this squad up to NWSL? Would they still be doing the same thing? Mm-hmm. I don't That's think so. Fair. I think or, I think or, it does show it does show that there's um enough talent here. Yeah. Um and I think all of these other teams in this division because they're all drawing drawing from a similar pool of players, right? Oh, like yeah. um it's a relatively small area that these like eight, ten 
teams are drawing from. Right. Um, so like it, it does show that there's enough here in order to like build those teams to make that feasible. But I don't yeah. think, um, I don't think the score looking at the scores and judging that based on like 10 score scorelines is not the metric that right. I think anyone's paying attention to. I think, I think the metric that, that the year two of this league is, is just um, how can um, other teams um, not say adapt, but improve the way that they're managing their teams. If they see right. that they really want to take this seriously, or this is, you know, what they can do with it. I mean, you look at Oakland Soul, they're doing great, right? And they just joined the league. And I think there's different models in this league that's showing you how you can do things and how and there's, you can how can you <laughs> how you can try to do things in a sense. Right. right? I mean and there's some teams that are like very publicly developing their players to be professional players. Um, Tormenta and Aurora both both fitting that model. Um, I mean, Aurora even did media training for players this season, like just to get them comfortable talking to media when they're, when they're asked questions, um, something that they'll have to do as, you know, D one players, um, and, and pros, um, some of these other squads are just, you know, trying to help their players get fit to, to be contenders for, for college teams. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. Tormenta is, you bring them up. I mean, that, I think, the, you know, playoffs when the divisions kind of start to come together, that's, that's another way of looking at the metrics and seeing how that's yeah. Looking dominating teams hit because obviously Tormenta was, was a challenge. Right. right. I mean, people, people were a little bit angry that like Minnesota Royal wasn't making the, the, the power rankings for the league the first few weeks. Um, and the first thing was, most of those teams had been playing for like three or four weeks before Minnesota even started their season. Um, but if you pull up uh, each division on, if you pull up standings, the W league website does show every single division. You can kind of look at them side by side. Um, and every division has teams like Minnesota Aurora. Every division yeah. has teams like uh, Rochester FC, you know, it's, um, so once you get like, once should Aurora get to playoffs, they're going to be facing some of those, some of those top seed teams. Um, can Aurora do it against San Francisco Glens? I don't know. Is that going to be a 10, 10 scoreline or is that going to be a zero one scoreline? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it could really go either way. Right. But um, right. Yeah. So it's, uh, I think it proves that there's, talent here i think it proves that there's enough players um and enough talent to field those pro teams uh does that mean that they should not exactly right like plenty of pro teams that maybe shouldn't have been pro um you know aurora has resources that i know a few nwsl teams would would kill for right like it's it's a whole different thing. I, I yeah. think so too. Is like if, uh, as, as Bridget pointed out, was 
you know, it's like we always have to have we we get this micro view because we only look at our league, our our division, right? But if you look all the way around, like, you know, um, you know, McLean's got twenty one in favor, right? Morris Elise got twenty five and fit Rough Riders twenty five goals in favor, right? Like, you know, Flint City twenty four in favor. Uh Aurora's got twenty six goals in favor, right? Um and Sikura's got twenty, right? I mean that's just, you know, you're going down like Tampa Bay, uh it Tampa Bay United. Um I think so, yeah. Got twenty six, right? I mean it's like you and know, those F- are those are the numbers that Nicole Lukic is looking at when she's saying that she's disappointed in her players and her six one win. It's because she's not looking at like, you know, the eight teams that they're facing. She's looking mm-hmm. at the entire league and who they could potentially face in the future. Right. Because yeah, they'll they'll likely get out of division this year. Um, if this continues. And and to her point this week, they also have the their top seeded teams to face. Like they haven't seen um, they haven't seen Green Bay Bavarians yet. Um but yeah, if you look at the bigger picture, like it's not the, it's not the team that, you know, it appears here. Um, and again, using the the Minneapolis City uh, example, like, yeah, they they were controlling NPSL, but as soon as you bump them up to USL two, it's a whole different game, and yep, yep. and it's going to be exactly the same when it when it comes to getting out of. Uh, the division for W League teams, and I think all of those top seeded teams through throughout the league are going to be looking at um, are going to be looking at that bigger picture and um, and basing their training off of those other divisions and not just you know what they'll face next uh, in terms of div- division play over the next few weeks. Right on. Well, that's a good place to uh, wrap. And uh, speaking of rap, that's another Aurora joke there. But anyway, we'll take a break and we'll do some internationals. Thank you very much for listening to the show. Join the Patreon at patreon.com backwards slash Minnesota Football Show. Welcome back to the second half of the Minnesota Football Show. It's international sections, but before we jumped into internationals, just wanted to uh, have a little conversation. We talked a lot about Aurora as duly noted and everything uh, with the Loons, but we forgot to talk about literally, my opinion, their greatest goal in MLS history. <laughs> Lucas Talanayan literally scored a, was it like a 60-yard goal, it feels like? Uh, he was like, way, way ahead of the uh Yeah, it was past the, past sure. the half line. Yeah. Yeah. It's got to be at least yes. 60 yards. Like literally a banger to win the game in extra time. Colorado defeats, uh, come sorry, Columbus defeat the crew defeat, Kristen Ramirez and crew defeat Chicago 2-1. And that literally has to be like, that is the most amazing goal that I even have. the Even the Chicago keeper is standing there like, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I think the funniest thing is he's like, he starts running 
and like his demeanor and his body composition tells you that he's given up on the play. Yep. Because he, <laughs> he his just hand. keeps he just keeps running like I can't not move right now. Yeah, he's like he just runs and then he waves one hand from the opposite end of where the <laughs> ball is actually heading and the ball goes in. You're like. <laughs> You're like, all right, well, you know, you, he's, like, he's like, I gotta, I gotta make it look like a try. But literally, I mean, and then uh, Lucas Salerajan literally jumps in almost to the stands, holding out uh-huh. his uh, jersey that says uh, oh, yeah. ten. So the conversation of who the best ten currently is uh, might be debated sometime in July. But apparently, all the Argentines um, seem to be Argentinians seem to be pretty good at playing the number ten spot. Uh, mm-hmm. Reserve reserve all uh, judgment until the end of the season. <laughs> let's get that. Yeah, uh, what's, what's nuts is we're calling this the goal of the year, and like it is June tenth. Yeah. Well, there, right now it's the eleventh, but yesterday was June tenth, and come on, like we're we've still got half the season to go. Oh, I don't. I don't <laughs> but the already. thing is that you can't. You, no, it's not. No, no one's gonna beat that. I just no think it's it, that, yeah. it's nuts that we're talking about that already, and yeah. normally that's like you, you see that shit like in september yeah right? like the timing like, though too to, to hit it like that and then the whistle blows and the game's over it's yeah like, wow and i mean he easily could have just like booted it just to get it out of their half but he yeah. actually went for it and boom yeah you know that's gonna be a fun the columbus crew inner miami put that on the big screen that'll be if Messi actually comes out you're talking about your your argentine 10 versus the the goat like that that'll be a fun thing I I'll be up for that. Yeah, as long as they don't play on turf, right? Because I'm pretty as sure Messi's got a clause on that. So yeah, uh, he definitely does. Um, speaking of the ten, so Liverpool sign Alexis McAllister. Yes, they give him the ten, and the video when he sees his shirt with the ten on it is just—it's like a little kid. Uh, you know, getting his hero's shirt for the first time or something. And it's like, dude, that's—it's your shirt. Um, he but seems he talks, like a sweet dude. He, like a, just, yeah. like, just like a generally sweet just and like very super, humble man. Yeah, just like super normal, laid back. Like yeah. the, the kind of guys that Clap likes to likes to pick up. And and yep. I'm ex- I'm excited about it. But I mean, yeah, McAllister's he, just he talked. You know, yeah, and he's he's great. He's um, not only a great player, but he just like overall seems like a really good human being and someone who loves playing the yeah. game. So like. And, I mean, and to like stories to with honor it too. Yeah. Yeah. Like he, he sat there and talked about like what the, what the number 10 means to, mm-hmm. to Argentines and, and for, uh, for the game. And he's like, and to have this number at this club, he was like, he was just so hyped. And yeah, it, it was a cute be. video. Um, no, it was great. I mean, I think one of the other things that I like about McAllister is he's just so honest and open about conversations, yeah. you know, and like I remember when like, he told a story about how like when people used to make fun of him because of his last name at the national team. Yeah. And then Messi was like, stop making fun of McAllister. <laughs> and like everyone just stopped saying anything. To <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I like him. I like him because he's really good. He's genuine. But he lets us... and these are all the little stories that you, mm-hmm. you know, you, you don't hear about great players and make them even more human. I mean, I think the other McAllister exactly. story is that when he's, being interviewed with an, with another teammate um, and they're Ecuadorian and and he starts talking about ceviche and like he's like you used to have Ecuadorian ceviche he's like but when you say ceviche the first thought is Peruvian right I mean like and then he asks and then he asks 
the interviewer, he's like, right, but when you think of ceviche, what do you think? And they goes, Peru. I was like, exactly, right? So why, I, what's the, why are you telling me this Ecuadorian ceviche? I was like, that's that guy. You know, yeah, that's just hilarious. So like, he, I love yeah, the guy. You, he's going to be. Did you, did you appreciate the, uh, the chat GPT uh, made, made chant that I put up on IG? Did you see that? No, I did I'm, not see that. I messed I'll it. reset no. it, dude. Our, our uh, T-1000 overlords are already like cranking Making... out automatic football chants. Like oh, nice. oh, great. Yeah. That, yeah. Yep. Yep. To the tune of yeah, what song? Uh, I can't remember. I, I, that was part of the uh, the input. It was take a 90s techno song and, and make a McAllister chant for Liverpool. Wow. And it was like processing for 20 seconds and boom, here it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Um, let's go U20 World Cup. This can go quickly. We are down to the final, which is happening later today. Uh, but quarterfinals had South Korea beat Nigeria 1-0. Uh, the U.S. played Uruguay, and they got Uruguayed 2-0. <laughs> so the mate takes down the U.S. Uh, I didn't get a chance to watch this one. I don't know if either of you two did. I'm not exactly sure what happened with the U.S. team, Um but Uruguay is good. This is what Uruguay does. We know that they love tournaments and they, they turn to excel, tend to excel in tournaments. Um, more to that point, semifinals were on Thursday that pitted Uruguay against Israel. This is the deepest I think any Israeli team has ever gone. And Uruguay beats them 1-0. And then on the other side, you had Italy and South Korea. That is a closer match. That's a 2-1 win to Italy, um, I, I believe they scored that late as well. It was like an 80-something. So South Korea battled hard. Um, great, great players on that team as well. So your, your final today, you've got uh, Uruguay and Italy. Rodrigo, how do you feel? Oh, he's gone. Bridget, how do you feel? Uruguay and Italy. Uh, it's going to be fun to watch. I have not been following, um, but I'll probably have to turn this one on. Right on. Should be interesting. It, it. I have a feeling, just considering the quality of both squads, it, it could be a pretty low score. Um, we'll see, though. Who knows? Maybe it goes to PKs, or yeah. maybe there's a blowout. And, oh, there he is. Go. No, take. I was just gonna say. I hope that no VR machines are hurt in the process of this fight. Oh, I mean that. <laughs> that is a tradition that yes. Hopefully that gets carried on. <laughs> I've tried to, how do you phrase it? Uh, find someone who loves you like Uruguayan players love flipping over VAR machines. <laughs> yep, that's true love. That's got to be like a Netflix romantic teen novel or something like that. Based that's in like Uruguay. Day, day one in international training camp. That's right. Best, <laughs> best practices flipping over VAR monitors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. I mean, put, put the cones prepare. away, guys. We got to drill this one more time. Make, <laughs> make sure you get better lift from the knees. <laughs> Uh, I can't wait it. for that. This is Justin Paul with some uh, random Turkish and Eastern European tidbits. Uh, a begrudging congratulations to Galatasaray, who win the Turkish Super League for the 23rd time. Uh, they clinched it against Ankara Gücü in the, in the Turkish capital. Uh, therefore, avoiding a title clash derby decider with Fenerbahce. That match was played a week later just for pride. And Galatasaray crushed, crushed Fener 3-0, much to my uh, chagrin. But goals from Mauro Riccardi and Nico Zaniolo, a red card from Fener's uh, Luan Perez, uh, kind of opened up the game for Gala. After the match, Gala brings out Graham Saunas, the Scottish legend who planted that flag in Fener's stadium 20-some years ago with what was allegedly the same flag. 
Uh, after each goal, they played a pop song by a Turkish singer named Simge, who that was actually co, uh, that a version of it had been co-recorded with the Cardi. She's actually a Besiktas fan, but but uh, the, the song is now used by, by by Gala. They brought back Mario Jardel, their hero from the 2000 UEFA Cup win over Arsenal, and he did this famous hand gesture that with the Cardi. So full celebrations for Gala. For Fenner, an absolute shambles. Uh, some key players like Attila Salai, their Hungarian defender, will likely go in the summer. Uh, I hope Arda Guler can stay. The generational Turkish talent keeps getting linked to big uh, Eastern, uh, Western European teams, but I think he should stay two more years. However, there is more pressure at a club like Fenner when he is a key component and expected to contribute a lot to their ending their title drought as opposed to the pressure of coming on to a major English or Spanish team as a younger man. So we'll see what happens, but I hope he stays. Whether or not Jorge Jesus stays is a different matter. Um, uh, Players like Diego Rossi were booed with every touch uh, in the last game. I think it's not, it's not uh, worked out so well as after his move from LAFC a couple years ago. Uh, One talk of a new manager is Mircea Luchescu, uh, the Romanian who's coached Besiktas, Galatasaray, and the Turkish national team. He knows the league well. So if they're going to bring somebody in new for Jesus, and I think it should be somebody who knows the league, not just a, a name from, say, Western Europe, just be, to have that name. But we'll see what happens. Uh, as for Besiktas, they um, uh, they uh, said goodbye to their legend, Atiba Hutchinson, the man from Brampton, Ontario. Spent a decade with them, a class on and off the pitch. Uh, years back when Besiktas played Arsenal, uh, Wenger uh, praised him for how well he did in that uh, in in that match, uh, and it's not always common for players to stay this long at foreign clubs, especially in Turkey where there's shopping and changing. But you have Fernando Muslera, the Galatasaray goalie from Uruguay, now 12 years in and still there, and then you have Atiba. I I'd say even as a, as a Fenner fan, class act, and I hope he gets a statue outside Vodafone Park. Uh, it was a tougher year for Trabzon Sport, who uh, fired their coach Abdullah Avji, who took them to the title last year, kind of like a Claudio Ranieri kind of situation where, hey, well, you, you brought us a historic win, but what have you done for me lately? And uh, they uh, now have a Croatian manager named Nenad Bilica. Uh, they'll look to retool for next year as they're not in Europe. Um, Adana Denver Spore can make the Conference League if Fener win the Cup over Istanbul Bobo here, kicking off in about an hour from when I record this. I hope Adana Denver Spore are in that tournament because they have a more fervent fan base and they are trying to keep their manager, Vincenzo Montella, who um, uh, the Italian has done wonders at, at that club uh, since his since his arrival. Uh, promotion stuff, Sampsunspor, another Black Sea team, are up. Uh, they have a fervent rivalry with Trabzonspor. And kind of, uh, darkly enough, when Trabzon won their title last year, these are the two biggest Black Sea cities, Trabzon having a bigger fan base across the whole region of the Black Sea, some of their fans tried to celebrate in the center of Sampsun. And Sampsunspor fans, whose nickname is the Smurfs, um, came out in masses and said, not in our city. And there was actually, a, there were fights and there was even a person hit by, hit by a car, although, although not killed. So that will be an intense rivalry next year. Uh, whereas uh, going down is uh, Istanbul, uh, uh, is Umranie Spore, a micro Istanbul team, and Girasun Spore, another Black Sea team. Only two went down because of the team staying up for the earth, like Hatay and uh, Hatay Spore and Gaziantep. Um, Hatay Spore's um, manager, Volkan Demirel uh, went to the graduation of the uh, daughter of the uh, of the dead sporting director of that club, Tanar Savut. He died along with Christian Atsu. Uh, 
and it, during the earthquake, and that was a quite, quite a touching moment. Uh, also, uh, Micro Istanbul team Pendix Spore is coming up. This is the team that Minnesota Thunder player Zafer Kalichkin played for when they beat Fenner in a cup uh, in the 90s. It was kind of, kind of like, a, like a Wrexham beating Arsenal thing. It was that much of a shock. And so we've lost one Micro Istanbul team in Iranian Spore and got another in Pendix Spore and then traded one Black Sea team for another. Um, Fun fact uh, is that another Minnesota player played for a team when they beat Federer in the Cup. That was Sammy and Jacques. He played for Fetier Spore as goalie. That's a team from the, the Aegean region. So we have a history of, of uh, players playing for Minnesota that beat Federer in major Cup sets. Uh, in Turkish women's football, Federer uh lose the final to Fumget, that folkloristic dance society team I mentioned prior. It was 1-0 into a late penalty, uh, set stoppage time, and then Fumget explored exploded to win 4-2 with a hat-trick by Amisa Kuch, Montenegro International. Uh, uh, Fumget was able to control and contain the um, to Amer- the American Jennifer Marcano and the Trinidadian Kenya Cordoner, an ex-Seattle player back when they had a W League team. Uh, and, and I hope they can do, do something in Champions League because not enough countries from, say, outside the, the Western European core make the group stage. Uh, last year, we had Vilasnia Skoder of Northern Albania make the group stage. They got to host Chelsea and Barca, which you, you don't normally get. You never would get that in the men's team in Northern Albania. But So I'm hopeful that that um, uh, Fumget or a team from, from another non-traditional women's power makes uh, a run. And then finally, two quick tidbits. Congrats to Aris Limassol for winning the Cypriot League for the first time. They did it with a Russian, man, a Russian striker and a Belarusian coach. And Limassol is Cyprus's second Biggest city, but the biggest undivided city because Nicosia has the green line going down it. And um, uh, uh, they um, are not as well supported as Apollone or AEL, but congrats to them on getting their first championship. And in an opposite vein, Ludogorets Razgrad win their 12th straight Bulgarian title. They have been a dominant force in that country. And uh, maybe one day the title will, will come back to the capital, Sofia, or to, to Plovdiv or somewhere else, but not, not, uh, not just yet. So that's my those are my updates. And maybe as conference in Europa kick off, I will have some more things to say. As I always enjoy that stage of football when small nations get their moments to bask in the sun. Thank you much for your time. Bye. All right, Konkov Champions League. It is over. This one kind of went under the radar because LAFC got beat, and nobody was like, "We're just going to forget that this thing happened." Uh, Leon win the win the match in LA one nil for a three one aggregate. Leon are your Konkov champions and- as it should. Yeah, I mean, I, I not saying that I called it, but I did say that, you know, this was, you know, LAFC wasn't going to be able to pull it us. Leon just dominated them again, and I think that's the thing, you know. Um, and props to 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 Mexico and Leon, and um, they'll just add on to more CCL drama. Wait, yeah, because then what do we have this week? It's, it's League's Cup, right? It's coming in July. Right? Oh, there's so Cup. many. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that's just, you know, the weirdest thing ever. So go ahead, yeah. Yeah, it, it still hasn't even really hit me fully yet that they just stopped playing for... It's it's like a month, right? Yeah, I think Close so, Close to yeah. a month? Mm-hmm. And then just do this whole other separate thing. I think it could be really cool. It, it's just we've never seen it before. So, <laughs> you know, we're all just kind of jumping in the pool and watch what happens, I guess. Um, so congrats to Leon, like you said. And good on him. So they'll get to do the the old club World Cup in February with, uh, oh, well, 
let's just segue to it. We'll do Libertadores in a second since we can tie these together. For Club World Cup, let's do UEFA, who uh, they may face. We had uh, Manchester City versus Inter Milan yesterday. I expected a, more of a high-scoring match. Um, so the first thing I'll say is mad props to Inter Milan for making this a interesting match and not being intimidated by Manchester City, uh, stepping to Manchester City, playing really hard. Uh, Onana, the, the keeper from Cameroon, had a great match. Really, really spectacular saves. Um, the uh, Inter defense basically double teamed Holland the whole match and gave him no space, no room to breathe. Um, so, you know, they end up losing, but man, they, they were ready to play. They, they, they came correct. So, you know, Lukaku almost had a couple at the end. He sure like did. The last 10 minutes. Um, yeah, I think it was, I think it was Jeff Ruder who's like, well, that's a cheat code. Like you just, let's just throw, throw Lukaku on for a few minutes at the end and see if we can get anything. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. So they, there, they there definitely, was... they kept it interesting. It, it wasn't one of those games, um, which you kind of fear with the, with the Holland side, right. That it's just going to be a um, constant scoring uh, mm-hmm. made it, made it more fun to watch. I, I kind of like the, the one Oh, games better I, I was very surprised when, when it was nil nil at halftime i was like wow i didn't i didn't call this yeah one at that all. that was weird i like and, i was uh, telling you i i missed the first half and then i was expecting to see like a 2-0 or 3-0 right <laughs> right i got back to it and i was like wow we're still at 0-0 okay yeah well weird. i got really i mean de bruyne has had just terrible luck in these finals he, he goes out in the 35th so, minute yeah with, what i missed that but i saw a lot of it was a, a pull. Like I, I think it was an injury. He was already kind of nursing, and it, and it just got aggravated. But then, was it was it? What was I don't know if it was last year or the year before when they were in the final when they lost to. Uh, it was last year when they lost to. Uh, where was it to? Adam. Whatever the last time they made it and they lost. Right. The same thing happened though. Like he he didn't make it. Like he was oh, out yeah. like by halftime too. So that's two times in a row now he's in a Champions League final and has to be subbed out. Just like shit luck and to to like arguably your best player on the squad. Um, so that, that was concerning, but you know, nonetheless, Pep Guardiola is Pep Guardiola. And, you know, he's, he's playing mad chess in his head all the time, going through all the scenarios and uh, gets, puts in the right subs, gets the right formations. Uh, I'm just jumping to the 67th minute. Um, I think it was uh, Bernardo Silva that takes it down on the wing and puts in a great cross and it kind of gets, kind of gets a poor clearance and gets bounced right out. And uh, Rodri is just like running right on full speed and just smashes the ball, just destroys it. It's one of those where it hits the net and the net goes flying, like kind of like the, uh, uh, the Ted Lasso that it goes, it, go, it goes through the net. Yeah. The stands and nobody Yeah. Yeah. It was close to that. Like the, it, he hit that thing hard. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I would just like to say that I won the champions league. You won the Champions League. I did. <laughs> okay. If it wasn't for Rodrigo, it would be just. Oh, you know, oh I see. I see. Yeah, I won. So the I like you. Get, you get to claim all the Rodrigos. Yeah, well, Conveniently, there's the, hey, there's hundreds of Rodrigos playing football. There's probably actually millions at this point. <laughs> but, but but I was born before them, so that means that 
I get seniority. So like every, so I won Champions League. So there you go. You, you see this rule book, Bridget? I haven't seen this rule book. Yeah, no, I, I just, it's, he, he texted me last night. I just won Champions League. I just yeah, won. I was like, Very good. okay. I tweeted it. I said, I won Champions League. I tweeted it. It's out there. It's in the world. It's, 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 once it's on the internet, it's forever. So therefore, I won Champions League. There you go. And that's what uh, we're going to call this episode. Rodrigo won the Champions League. That's no, I, I, I'm, I'm using the Heath quote. Sorry. Um, 96, game's almost over. And again, there's this, there's this last press from, uh, from Inter and Ederson, o goleiro brasileiro, like, who's basically a walking tattoo at this point. But man, he had some ridiculous saves. Uh, literally, this one comes. a few times too, yeah. Oh, so, I mean, it, it came off his knee. <laughs> he, like, knees the ball out. I mean, the, Just, the, the header that goes off the post, he's trying to reach for it. Yeah. Yep. yep. I, mean, I think the funny thing for me is that Lukaku, uh, again, blocks another goal in an important game with yeah, his body. Yeah, that was hard <laughs> that to watch. Was, that was just... You were like, how can you not... You how know, did it work? Like, so he heads it, it bounces off the it bounces off the post, comes back, and then they head it again and it hits him in like the back of the leg or something, Well, the right? person that headed it, the second player that headed it, headed it down because he wanted to make yeah. it down. Yeah. And then it yeah. hit just the like calf right of his Lukaku, leg. who just yeah. like doesn't even know where the ball is and it just bounces no. right back out and that ball was going in if he if mm-hmm. Lukaku would have moved like a step away mm-hmm. he was going in so brutal brutal yeah. yep so there you go man city won that's your that's your final um they get their treble first time since we talked about ferguson last time we didn't nail it down it was 1999 so and peps, and peps third no second uh, no, this second, is third Champions League. Third Champions League and oh, I think really? second okay. treble. Though. Yeah, second he treble with, for sure. Two with Barcelona. He, he is yeah. the only coach to have two trebles, which, I mean, in my opinion, I think he's the, he's the GOAT in terms of coaching. Right. I, I love which is Jeff hilarious Ruder's, that – oh, go ahead, please. No, so Jeff Ruder's uh, argument was like in order for um, – Prep to be known as the best coach ever. He needs to come to the MLS and not only yeah. win the MLS Cup, Open Cup, Champions League Cup, uh, whatever other League Cup, whatever the supporter, the supporter Shield, the supporter Shield, everything. Yeah. This that's so funny because I see that was one of the exact arguments. I I saw some of the comments for the, I think it was uh, oh. It was, it was must have been DJ Sports Club, like one of the Brazilian ones put it up, and same thing. Well, he hasn't won Brasileiro. When was the last time he won Libertadores? I'm like, oh, guys, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's funny. I mean, there, there's a possibility. I mean, who knows what he's going to do at this point? I mean, where do you I mean, go he, from it's, here? Right, it, it's going to be like Messi. He can go wherever he wants. Right. And, uh, I mean, MLS would be a new challenge, right? Like, we've seen plenty of his counterparts come over here, so. Mm-hmm. Maybe. It'd be interesting to, be see, to see him take the reins of a national team, too, and, and see if he can move in that direction. But there was, I mean, there was talk of that in, like, the last year, wasn't there, where there were a few teams that uh, yep. were interested in somebody, and he was kind of, um, kind of maybe, like, headed out, but. I don't know. I don't know. Good on him, though. He's he's a legend for sure. Whether you whether you consider him the the best or not, he's he is up there for sure. I, I think he's a incredibly impressive 
individual. All right, some good news to end on. We've got the uh, the first uh, woman coaching for a men's Premier League club. It is her name is uh, Lydia Bedford, and she'll be taking care of the I think it's the U eighteen. Uh, oh no, I didn't get in here. Bedford. That's who it is, right? Did I say that right? I got auto autocorrect myself. Right? No, I, I that's just autocorrect. No. Whatever the team is. Bedford, sorry, yeah, no wait. Thank no, you. Yep, Lydia Bedford is her name. So, but what's the actual team though? Is what I'm asking. Oh, um, she was with Arsenal, right, as an assistant. And now she gets uh Rodrigo's looking it up. Yeah. This is my, my quality note taking here, listeners. Hey, that's okay. Um Brentford's. Okay. Thanks. So this, this is what happens. It's like I get it in here and it autocorrects, and I'm just like, what the hell is that? So congrats to her. Uh that's some good trailblazing happening there in mm-hmm. England. Um I got a double Celeson thing here. Well, not really Celeson, but Brazilian stuff. Um, I didn't even realize they were going to play. They already had a, uh, a, a friendly oh, mark. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. they already had this mark to, to play Spain long before all the Vinny Jr. stuff happened. Um, so they're going to continue to do so. But then they bust out this, this anti-racist full black Celeson kit that they're going to wear. Against Spain, which is just fucking awesome. I've never seen this thing before. Uh, I kind of want this kit. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I, I I hope that it becomes like a standard part of the of the repertoire. Like maybe uh, maybe they use it as a third kit or whatever because it's it's pretty fire. It's just black and yellow, really simple, but I really mean, really dope. The the cool thing for me is that if. If if Bolsa was still president, this would have never happened. I think he would have. I think shut you're right about down. that. And so I think, I think that's right the wonderful that. thing about this whole thing is like you know, like you know, when you had the president pretty much trashing Spain on a public, <laughs> on, on a on a public address, um, you can't love more than that. I mean, I appreciate it because yep. you know, you know, me and you guys know my stand on Spain and some of the stuff that Spain does. But yeah, there you we go. We do, we do. So that's gonna be fun to see and. Yeah, if those things hit the market, boy, they are gonna they're gonna be flying. Um, the next one is, I, I guess, tangentially related because it is the uh, Levini Junior, but it's specific to uh, the state of of Rio. And basically, what they have uh, implemented this was just through their their local government is that if there is a case of uh, racism on the pitch, in the stands, wherever, however it happens. It is an automatic stop and end to the match. Like that's it, game over. Match the match is done, uh, which is which is something new. And it's you all have heard me like I've 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 never been a huge friend of of Sebeefe. I've been very critical of Sebeefe for many many years. But the things that the the new guy, the new president Rodriguez is doing, and then kind of the trickle down to like all the other s- states. And, uh, and, and, you know, first, second, third division leagues that are, that are kind of coming out of this, like they're, they've done more in the past year and a half than has probably happened in a half a century in, t- in terms of progressing in, in, in a more uh, egalitarian, anti-racist, uh, uniform, 
more generally gender equal like all all the things that we talk about it they've they've done more in such a short period of time than i've seen in yeah in half a century so it's pretty cool and to, to the point where you know the, the the laws and and actions that they're passing through is really kind of putting them at, at the top of, of a lot of world football in terms of responses to racism and all the stuff that we talk about which again is is impressive for the speed with which it's happening a, a, any any comments what do y'all think turns out that's possible huh yeah yeah it's not that hard <laughs> i mean that's that's what we talked about last episode with the tst tournament right when a tournament mm-hmm. when the team gets kicked out for for you know doing stuff that they aren't supposed to be doing right yeah and then well, again please no no i was just saying it's just like the rules do work it's just you need to have people to implement them and to literally you know reinforce them and that's it you know like if and you, well, and you have to adapt too, because like these are new policies. Like this, this didn't come out of nothing. Like, it, and, and and again, it, it took a BIPOC individual. This is the first ever president that fully identifies as both African and Indigenous in Brazil to step into the role and be like, okay, we're we're doing things. Like I'm not just going to be a figurehead and go on TV and talk talk talk. It's like no, this we know what's worked. We know what hasn't worked going to move forward and actually you know hit some things they're going to have serious consequences and actually move so it stems from that as well this is the same confederation just for a little bit of history i'm not going to get into it too deep the very first president of fifa was joan avelange which is a name probably a lot of people know who was an early president in sebefe this is no hyperbole he was a nazi period he loved him some third reich like that's the kind of person he was for both brazil and then eventually FIFA. So to know that that was a starting point to where we are now, like 70 years later, is a pretty pretty incredible jump in terms of progression and growth in that regard. So good job, Rodriguez. Good job, Brazil. Keep it moving. Like it, it sucks that, you know, things still happen, but uh, yeah, like Bridget said, it's that easy. Not hard work. Yeah. Um, are we in that part of the section to end things on, on funny notes? Oh, yeah. This is good section fun, slash funny section, whatever. Yes. All right. So Forbes reports that uh, FC Barcelona is technically declared bankrupt by a leading Catalan journalist. Oh, <laughs> love Catalan, to see it. Sorry, Catalan journalist. So, like, I'll send you the link for that. But like, it's on Forbes. You know, it's, uh, it's going to be pretty... Uh, Pretty interesting, and that's one headline. But my favorite. But, but, but headline, keep talking smack, there, President. Keep 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 throwing shade in the right. in the in the aspect of talking smack. Um, <laughs> our favorite um um Canadian player Alfonso Davies. Oh yeah, the right. Say Less podcast. Barcelona reached out to him before he went to Bayern Munich, but the president Joseph Bartomeu said they didn't want me. They didn't want me because I was Canadian. I'm not gonna lie, that crushed my feelings a little bit. So there you go. <laughs> Barcelona keeps on shooting themselves in the foot, and we'll just keep on reporting it until the meme ends up being 
I don't know, but did you imagine that they're bankrupt? <laughs> and then like Alfonso Davis is like, yeah, they they didn't want me because I was Canadian. And I was like, <laughs> man, <sighs> I have a feeling that this guy and the the Real Madrid guy probably enjoy many lunches and breakfasts together. While oh, I'm pretty sure they're talking yeah. about their really and the president politics. of the league too. You know, I can't wait for that. You know, somebody's got to go. Like seriously, like. That whole league, I don't watch La Liga that often. I don't really, it's not my yeah, thing, but it's just right. like, this just, you know, like, you thought, you know, we were like, implanted in our brain, we don't watch Serie A because of all the racist fans. And I was like, addendum to that note, we don't watch Serie A and La Liga because of racist fans. I, I only did back in the day when it was the, I mean, we talked about Pep and the, and the, the two that he won, like during the Pep reign, Right, that's right. I, that's when I watched La Liga. No, but like now it's like, you know, shouldn't watch La Liga because of all the racist fans that are out there. So, yeah. Uh, right. And how acceptable the league has made it to be. And yeah. And again, anyway. it's not just there. We, we've talked about it. It's, it's freaking everywhere. But again, take, taking it back to what we just talked about, it's, it's not that hard. If, if, if you can push through these kind of policies that quickly, like within a year and a half or so in a, in a place like Brazil, guess what? Everybody else can do it too. It's There's no excuse. Will. There's no excuse, really. There isn't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Right on. Decent and decent place to wrap things up. So we got some good big stuff. Oh, I will say to listeners, I think in, in theory, we're, we're not going to have a, a live recording like this next week for Father's Day. Um Rodrigo mentioned earlier, he might have some more messy thoughts. So maybe we'll throw that out as well. And uh, yeah, so stay, stay tuned for that. And then we'll pick it up from there. Thank you listeners for sticking around. And of course, Rodrigo and Bridget, thank you for your awesomeness every week. It's awesome to see you guys and get, get all the opinions and all the updates. Uh, appreciate you. And uh, patreon.com backslash MN football show is the place to support the project. And we out. I think I'm actually going to put on some jeans. I'm getting kind of chilly. <laughs> I refuse to take the shorts off, but I'm putting on a sweatshirt. <laughs> Total Minnesota thing to I, do. I appreciate your conviction. <laughs> Live for this weather, man. Yeah. All right. All right. Love take you care, guys. People. Talk to you later. <laughs> Bye. Yeah.